Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. I think we're doing things a little out of order here tonight. Because I tell you, I think Dylan and Ben pretty much preached my message. And then the ministry time that Ben was leading us, I'm like, we've already done the ministry time. It's like, I don't even need to get up. We've done it. We got the message. We got the ministry time. But I think it does. I think it all ties in. And it's interesting because honestly, if I can be a little transparent with you guys, a little vulnerable here, I did not remember that I was preaching until Sunday afternoon (laughs) when they announced the next week's preacher. And I was like, oh, I'm speaking this week. And I was like pressing into the Lord like, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to share? And I'm just asking. And I was struggling to, like, get a bead on what he wanted to share tonight. And my wife can attest to that because it's like all week I was, like, you know, racking my brain, you know, pressing to God. I'm praying, Lord, what is it you're wanting to say? And, uh, and then, I mean, obviously I got something. He's good. Um, but when Dylan got up and was sharing and when Ben came up and even just the songs that we were singing in worship tonight, I was like, okay, Lord, this is so you. And what was on my heart is really that we're created for union. That we were actually created to commune with God and with each other. And I'm really going to do my best tonight to convince you of something that you already know. to convince you of something you already believe, hopefully. And what I mean by that is, I believe you already know this, but I want you to leave tonight with it even deeper. I want you to be saturated by it tonight. And I don't know exactly how this is going to unfold. We might actually take some ministry breaks throughout the time. We'll see. We're just going to go with the flow and, and see what happens. But as I was thinking about this and preparing for this message that we were created with union, there's like this, it's like I get these big ideas, these, these, you know, the, the, the mysteries of God. It's like these concepts that are so huge that I always feel like I get up here and I try to fumble to articulate what's in my spirit. But that's just like God, isn't it? Because we can't contain, we can't always articulate, we can't quite put into words all that he is. And the amazing thing is, that's what we come from. We're actually cut out from God. We're going to look at that in a minute. But I want you for a second, just to close your eyes and just meditate on God. Not just the tangible feeling of the Holy Spirit near you right now. Not just what Jesus has done for you. Not just the Father and his heart for us. But actually, God is a being. The vastness of an eternal being. Of a creator who created all of the cosmos. A limitless being. 
we cannot articulate, we can't explain, we can't quite grasp what's inside of us and, and bring it out. But we know it, don't we? We can feel it. All right, I lost you guys. We're just going to stay in this place for the rest of the night. <laughs> and I was thinking about this and... I was reminded of a story or a time that I experienced in Cyprus. And it's funny, I was born and raised in California. I never really realized this, but I lived by the coast my whole life. I was, I was near the beach. I mean, I, we did like a two-year stretch in Bakersfield or something. And if you know Bakersfield, that doesn't quite count. But, but for like the, the first 20-something years of my life, my early 20s, I'd always lived really close to the coast. And it was something I took for granted. I just didn't, you know, think about it. We were always at the beach. I had a lot of beach experiences and everything else. And then I went away to a discipleship school and was on an island, but it was in the mountains and the like terrain was completely different. The atmosphere was completely different. The air was dry. It was crisp. It was pine trees. It was beautiful, but it definitely wasn't the coast. I had an amazing time there, and I, but I had this moment of we took a trip. They brought us down, the whole school down to the beach and I remember getting out of the van and walking out to the beach. And it was like just this moment I stood kind of, my feet touched the sand and I'm looking out over the sea, the horizon, and like the waves are crashing in. And it was just like, there was salt in the air. It was that familiar sound. It was just like everything just in a moment felt right. And it was just like this deep, peaceful sigh. Like, oh, I did not realize how much I missed this. That was what I was used to. That's what I came from. And I didn't realize I missed it until I was reunited with it. And I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is right. This just feels right. It's the same with God. He is actually the environment that we're meant to live in. I was, I was digging into this and I'm like, again, trying to like, how, how do I explain this? What is the state of being that I'm trying to like grasp or that I'm trying to articulate? And what is it that, that I want to say that like, how do we say or explain that we come from an eternal limitless God and we're cut out from him and like, we are literally meant to just be in his presence. And I, I, I didn't find the right word. But one I did stumble upon that I found was interesting was homeostasis. And, you know, in physiology, it is like the state of our, all of our systems, our, our physical body, everything inside of us working in proper unity and optimal levels to where we are not just living, but we're in health. It's, it's the, the systems if our body, our nervous system, our, our, you know, circulatory system, it's all of these things. It's their job to like, if there's external things happening, you know, to, to fight them off or to, to make adjustments to keep us in this place of homeostasis, to keep us in a place of health, of our optimal, like, functioning. That is God's presence. That is the Holy Spirit in us. Okay, 
Some of you look like you're doubting, so I'm going to go to the Bible. In Genesis, the creation story, really throughout the, the story, you know, you hear that God made, God created, God spoke, and all this. But I want to pull out one word there that we're going to dig into in a second. But bara. There, there's two different words in there where it's talking about God made or God created. Sometimes it's asa and sometimes it's bara. Bara is unique because it can, it's a verb only associated with God making something, God creating. It's not associated, there's nowhere like where man made something and using that verb. It's, it's distinctly connected to God doing this. And it, it can literally mean to create, to form, to cut down, or to carve from. So now I'm going to read, and I want you to keep that word in mind. Then God said, let us make, or bara, man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over livestock and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion and we know the rest. So I want to pull some things out here. God was saying, let's make, let's cut or carve out from us man created in our image. He is literally cut from us. What is the us? The Trinity. It's a triune God. And even from the beginning, we know that he first made Adam, but even from the beginning when he was declaring what he was going to make, he said, let us make them, let us make man and woman, male and female. There was always this plan of this union that we would experience as, as human beings, both with God, the triune God, but also with each other. We were literally created for union. Out of union, from union, and for union. We were created from this amazing, swirling, I can't even bring words to it, but this, this being that is a triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and he said, let us make man in our image. And he's literally saying, it's like, what we're experiencing is so good, let's just cut some of that out and create man. But we have to remember what we're cut from and what we were created for. And we know also later on in Genesis 2, you know, it talks about how he formed man out of the dust of the earth and he breathed his breath into his nostrils. Do you realize, you probably do, but when he breathed the breath of God, is actually the same word, it's the word ruach, which means spirit. We were literally formed, and then he animated us by blowing his spirit into us. 
So he took from himself, from this union that he was experiencing within himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, cut from that, formed something, and then breathed his spirit into it to bring it life. That's what we come from. That is literally what we are. And we know later in the story as well that God said it's not good for man to be alone. And then the, you know, the story of when he actually formed Eve, what did he do? He put man into a deep sleep. He took from his body, took his rib and created Eve. And then when man saw Eve, what did he say? This is bone of bone, flesh of my flesh. This is literally cut from me to fit me to have union with me. It's the same thing. God cut from himself and created something to have union with himself. And then he did the same thing for us. And I want to say this isn't just about marriage. This isn't just about husband and wife. It's just simply what we're created to experience. And we know the story, if you follow the story along, right? What happened in the garden Man sinned, right? We ate from the tree and and we were separated from God. This is the gospel I'm preaching right here, guys. Just in case you didn't know or know where we're going, but this is a gospel message. Can you imagine that? I ask a question, but it's no. The answer is no. Don't tell me you can. I don't believe it. Can you imagine that? I mean, being, at, being the first man, literally being the one that was cut from that, had his breath breathed into your nostrils. For you know, you're alone. You're seeing all these animals and all of creation and everything, but there's nothing like you, exactly like you. You're created in his image, but there's no other human being. You fall asleep, you wake up, and there's a human being. And you have this understanding of all that this has happened and just taken place. And you're living in Eden. Joaquin's preached on this a number of times, but the garden of God's pleasure, of his delight. That is where you are supposed to live. That's what he gave you dominion over. That's what he gave you to steward was his pleasure, his presence. That's like, that's all you know. And then all of a sudden, you get kicked out. All of a sudden, there's now separation. You've never, ever experienced this before. This is a completely radical new concept. Like, I'm trying to wrap my head around, you know, this infinite being that is God and eternity and all of these things. Adam is probably scratching his head like, what is this? I've never heard of such a thing. I've never experienced such a thing. What am I feeling? What is going on? He'd never known not being in God's presence. He'd never known, never experienced. He didn't get saved and born again and spirit filled and it was like reunited. He never knew anything different. But now he is separated from God. And every generation thereafter separated from God. There's been a longing in man's heart. We've been incomplete from that moment. 
the thing that we were cut from was now removed. And the, the environment, the state that we were created to live in has now been taken away. And there's a longing in the heart of every human being to be reunited to that. Some scriptures, man. Psalms 84, 2. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy for the living God. Psalms 119.81, my soul longs for your salvation. And I hope in your word. Isaiah 51.1, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Those that are hungry, those that are thirsty, those that are seeking righteousness, those that know there's something missing, you can just feel it, oh, there's something missing. Look where you came from. You are literally a chip off the old block. Look, 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 look. You fit right here. But every person who does not know the Lord, every person who has not been born again, every person who has not been filled with the Holy Spirit, do you realize that they are living in a state of separation and confusion? Anybody here ever go fishing? Well, let me ask you, this. I should ask this question first. Anybody here ever caught a fish? <laughs> a lot of us go fishing and don't catch anything. There's a difference. What happens when you pull that fish out of the water? That thing is freaking out. That fish's eyes are like this as well. It's flopping around. It's going crazy. Why? Because it was just ripped from the environment which it was created to live in. It was just ripped from the only state that it knew. It was taken from the very thing that was giving it life and breath and where it was meant to live and ripped out of it. Guys, Every person who does not know the Lord is a fish out of the water. We're just going to pause for a moment. And as believers, we need to remind ourselves of that. They need a drink. They don't need to get bashed over the head. They need to be reminded. They need to, to get a taste of where they came from. On the reverse of that, anybody here ever been trapped underwater? A couple people, a couple people. Okay, so you guys know what I'm talking about. If you've never been trapped under the water, oh my goodness. Like I said, I grew up, you know, near the beach. I remember going out, I wasn't like a big surfer or anything like that, but I had friends who were into all this stuff. And I remember going out one time and the waves were pretty big. It was breaking pretty hard. This was the first, it's happened to me a couple of times, but this was the very first time that happened. 
if you know anything about surfing, you got to catch the right wave at the right part, right? If you're too, too early, it just kind of pushes you out in front of you, you get a bunch of whitewash too late, and you just, you know, it goes by, and you go over the back of the swell. But there's a point of danger. Like, when you're, like, in real surf, sorry, Texas, real surf where it actually curls and crashes like that, if you catch that thing just wrong, you get caught right there and pounded. That happened to me one time. I got caught right there and I got drilled underwater and the force of the wave that then turns to a tube pushes you to the ground and actually holds you there. It is literally like you feel this gigantic force rolling over you and you are pinned to the ground underwater. I look like the fish out of water. Flopping around, freaking out, and then that thing goes over you, and it, it's as it comes past, it like pulls you up, and you start, you get turned all around. You don't know which way's up, which way's down. I tell you what, when I came up out of the water, that was the best, best breath of air I've ever had in my entire life. I did not realize how much I enjoyed breathing. It is the best thing ever. I'm not kidding. I like, guys. It was, maybe it was a few seconds. It felt so long. I'm pinned to the ground. And then I'm like, I don't know which way is up, down, left, right. I'm so disoriented. And I'm just like freaking out because I don't even know which way to swim. And finally my head breaks water. And it's like, <gasps> I was cut off from the ruach, from the breath. But when I got it back in my lungs, it was like, oh yeah. That's what I needed to live. We have to remember, guys, if people are acting up on social media, yeah, I said it. If people are protesting, if people aren't acting rationally, even following sound logic, they are literally a fish out of water. They don't need an argument. They don't need to get bashed upside the head. They need water they need breath in their lungs they need to be reminded where they came from they need a touch of the living water they need compassion they need love what were you cut from you weren't cut from contention you weren't cut from conflict you weren't cut from an argument a debate you weren't cut guys from any of that stuff that's not what we as believers were cut from. That's not the cloth that we were cut from. We were literally cut from unity, from an amazing swirl of this triune God and this amazing love that they share between one another. So much so that it couldn't help but to reproduce it and breathe life into it. Please remember where we come from. And if we're created in his image, that means we should be acting like him. We should be breathing the breath of life. Not shooting darts. Where'd I go? 
yeah, there we go. I don't know about you guys. I don't know your spiritual backgrounds, your history, if you came from a Christian background or not. I did not. I was 20. I was 19 the first time I truly encountered the Lord. Some of you guys have heard the testimony. Uh, my brother and I went to visit Eddie uh, in Yuba City in California. There's this David Hogan meeting. You're getting the really condensed version, right, in, in my perspective of it. And I remember, like, worship was going off. Like, the Holy Spirit was there, and I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was. I was not a church kid. I'd gone to church a few times with my grandparents, you know, a couple of times with some friends. But I didn't really know church. And I tell you what, all the church services I went to, I'd never experienced anything like this. Here I am, 19. And we're in church, and I'm clapping. I'm raising my hands. I'm like singing along. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I like this. I was getting a fresh breath in my lungs. I was resonating with what I was cut from. I was like, this feels right. And then this crazy man got up on the stage. And cowboy boots and jeans. He wasn't wearing a nice suit or any of that stuff. And he just paced the stage for a while going, Jesus. <laughs> Look out at us and go back to pacing. Jesus. I'm like, this guy is crazy. What's going on with him? And then he goes on. And some of you are not going to like me. You're not going to like what I have to say. You, don't, you may not agree with me, but I'm not here for you. I'm here for Jesus. I like this guy. This guy's real. He's not after my wallet. He's not trying to convince me. There was no argument. There was no debate. He wasn't there to contend. He was just there to breathe. And he just started to share these stories that I'm telling you, could have been like a supernatural sci-fi, whatever, thriller movie, like. No, I'm telling you, like, you got to remember, I'm an unchurched kid, and he's talking about, like, the, these people manifesting in, like, this demonic stuff that he was seeing. He talked about driving his truck literally underwater. I don't mean, like, through deep water. I mean, like, a river, like, the water he's looking out, you know, seeing sw fish swim around and stuff. Like, driving his truck underwater through and then up on the other side. Not a sealed, not a sealed engine. There was no snorkel or anything. He just, well, I told them people I was going to preach the gospel. Nothing was going to stop me. I don't know if I said it or not, but you might already know. That was David Hogan. And I, if you know who that guy is, wild man, crazy, right? Just Holy Spirit left and right, talking about all these miracles, signs, and wonders, all this stuff that he'd seen. He wasn't trying to convince anybody. He was literally up there telling stories. And actually, he was a little offensive, but like, not again, it wasn't like a, like a debate. He was just like, you might have done it different. The only problem was you weren't there. <laughs> I was just like, who is this guy? But this is what I'll tell you. All he was doing was just sharing his stories. He was just talking. I mean, it was, there was scripture, all this stuff, but he was just talking. What I didn't realize at the time and the reason he was pacing and saying Jesus and the reason he was telling all these stories because he was literally just releasing breath. Yeah, come on. So 
forgot about the ministry breaks. <laughs> David Hogan was literally just releasing breath. Before he'd even finish his message, I couldn't take it anymore. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I got to have what this guy's had. I, I honestly, to be completely honest, I do not remember if he made an altar call at that point or not. Uh, no. I have witnesses there that saw the whole ugly thing. So I literally, I was just like, I couldn't take it anymore. Remember, 19, unchurched. I'd gone to a few church services. My grandma's Southern Baptist church, big hats, you know, handkerchiefs. Like, you did not just get up and walk down the aisle uninvited. I, I, you know, yeah, anyways, I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> And, and, my, and my friends, church, sweet people. But man, anyways, I never experienced anything like this. I was getting a drink of water and I knew I needed more and I couldn't take it anymore. I literally just got out of my seat. We we're sitting like in the middle of an aisle in the back of the church and I had to like push past some people and I literally stood up and I just looked over my shoulder because walking and I hadn't even been talking. We, we, we weren't sharing what was going on. I was just like, glued the whole time, but I just knew that he was experiencing the same thing, and I knew that he was coming, and I looked over my shoulder, and sure enough, as I'm pushing through the aisle, he's right behind me, and I start to walk down the aisle to do, I don't even know what I was going to do, I'd never seen an altar call or anything else, I just knew that, that I had to have what he was releasing, I was a fish out of water, and he was offering water, and I was a desperate for that breath. And I'm literally walking down the aisle and I have this encounter with the Lord as I'm walking down the aisle. And I, I thought I was losing my mind for a second because it was like an actual conversation in my head. It wasn't audible voice outside or anything like that. But there was these thoughts in my head that weren't mine because I didn't know this stuff. Like literally, you'll see. So I, I'm walking down and I have this experience where I, I all of a sudden felt this mix of all these different emotions, all the different things like, you know, pain, fear, like uh, uh, abandonment. But I also felt love and joy and acceptance. I felt all these things like every like I felt like I was feeling in one moment every emotion possible, like every emotion known to man, like all at the same time. And it was this jumbled mess inside of me. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm going crazy. And all of a sudden it was like, those emotions just separated like this. And it was like everything positive was on one side and everything negative was on the other side. And literally a voice in my head tells me, you've experienced all of this. I'm offering you this. Do you want it? I'm like, yes. <laughs> now check this out. Okay, that was, you know, okay. But he tells me, the only way you can have this is to receive my son Jesus and what he did for you, that he died on the cross for your sins. And by, if you repent and ask for forgiveness and receive what he did for you, that's your entry into this. He literally preaches the gospel to me in my head. I'd gone to church, but I didn't know this stuff. I was a new ager. I thought all paths led to God. I was, you know, it didn't matter. I was like, yeah, I'll take them all. Sign me up. But when he said, will you receive this? And I said, yes, I broke. I started crying. Unfortunately, Eddie and Megan were there to see it, but literally tears and snot just. 
No altar call. I'm walking down the altar as a 19-year-old, like, what is going on? Tears and snot coming down. I get to the front. I think David Hook was like, son, do you want Jesus? <laughs> My point in that is when he started to release that, there was a longing in me. There was something that resonated with that. There was something that was like, that's what I was made for. And I had to respond. We are going to take a little ministry break. Not too late. Is there anybody here tonight who does not know Jesus? Is there anybody here tonight that when I'm talking and I'm talking about what you are cut from, and that longing inside of you that something's missing and that you feel like a fish out of water and that you can't quite get your breath. The answer is Jesus. Is there anybody here tonight that needs Jesus, that doesn't know Jesus like that, that has not given their life to Jesus? Okay. No hands went up, so that means I can get really crazy now. We're all family. <laughs> so it didn't, it didn't end there, right? So here I am, 19-year-old. I was going to college. I was doing all this stuff, very worldly. I had no idea what to do. It's like I got saved. They gave me a Bible. You know, they gave me some, uh, some booklets and, you know, sent me on my way. Where we were visiting was like three hours from where we were living. I went back to our apartment, and I was literally like trying to devour the Bible. I read all those little booklets on prayer, and I think it was Armor of God, all this stuff. I had absolutely no idea what they were talking about, and I was just, but I was reading it. I was devouring it. I remember getting to work early and sitting in my truck and trying to read the Bible. Before class, trying to read the Bible, doing all this stuff, and I was hungry, but I didn't know what to do. And I was literally like, God. It, oh, no, I'm not going to go there. What, the things that I was asking God if it was wrong for me to do or not. But I was like, that's how, that's how like, lost in my understanding I was. I had now accepted Jesus. I just didn't know what to do with it. Fast forward almost a year later, I ended up moving back home to Southern California in my parents' house. And I'm, I'm sitting in bed one night in an altered state of mind, I'll put it that way. <laughs> watching a very ungodly TV show. I still remember it actually it was the Sopranos. Sorry if you're a Sopranos fan. And, and I'm laying there in bed and that voice that spoke to me in my head as I was walking down the aisle up to David Hogan starts to speak to me again. He's like, hey, he speaks to me. He speaks like he's from California. It's like, hey, where's the Bible they gave you? I don't, I don't know. It's probably in one of my boxes in the closet that I still have not unpacked. We should probably get that. Okay. Now. Oh, okay. I mean, I was already in bed. You know, I'm watching The Sopranos. I'm chilling. So I get up, I get the Bible, and literally he takes me through, and not just in this one night, but over the next uh, couple months, he's telling me, don't start here. And he's like going through scriptures with me. Read here. He's highlighting things to me like, 
And he just started to lead me through all of this stuff and started to reveal truth to me and started to speak to me and started to draw me. And I remember one night, a few months later, I'd done all this stuff. I'd broke up with the girl that I was seeing at the time. I'd put away all the drugs that I was doing. I'd, you know, I'm trying to turn my life around. I was like following hard after him. I remember he, he would tell me late at night, it'd be like midnight or something, telling me, reminding me of something I did when I was like five. And I'd start crying and he's like, would not let it rest. I'd go down, knock on my parents' door, tell them, you remember that time when I did this to Joaquin? And I said it wasn't, I said I didn't do it, I did it, it was me. He's like, he's like leading me through all this stuff, right? But I was reading, I remember I was reading in the book of Acts and I was a college student at the time and I was reading the book of Acts and I put the Bible down and tried to go to sleep and I could not sleep. And there's this holy dissatisfaction in me. There was just something in me. I was like, ah, I couldn't, what, what is it? I didn't know. Something was missing. And I was frustrated. I was dissatisfied. I didn't know how to articulate it. But I remember getting out of bed and I got on the floor. I was like, God, I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to follow you. I'm doing all these things. I put all this stuff aside. It's like, I'm, I'm yours. I'm all in. But like, I don't, but something's, something's missing. I was like, God, if I'm going to follow you, I have to have this. I have to have what I'm reading in here. I have to, this has to be my experience. I can't do this just as like routine. I can't do this as I've seen like the other Christians that I know have done it. I gotta have this, what I'm reading. And I said, but I don't know how to do it. I'm doing all these other things and I still feel like dissatisfied. I feel like something's missing. I said, I give up. And I wasn't saying like, I'm quitting God, but I just realized like, I don't know what to do. But when I said, I give up, literally felt like a waterfall just over me and again alone in my room at night I just on a pile on my bedroom floor and I just start weeping and snot again I don't know what it is with the Holy Spirit and snot but it was just like and it was just like like it was just rushing through me and it's like I could not stop weeping and crying I don't even remember getting in bed but what I do remember and I'll never forget is waking up in the morning I kid you not, I woke up in the Brady Bunch. I woke up and the sun was shining. I could hear the birds singing outside my window. The same window that I'd lived in, or the room that I'd lived in, you know, except for that short period where I moved away since I was like in middle school. I'd never noticed them before. I like jumped out of bed and it was morning time. That was not normal. I was happy first thing in the morning, big cheesy smile on my face. I'm ready to tackle the day. And then I realized like, wait a minute, what is going on? It's like everything was brighter. Everything was like electrified. I'm like, this is crazy. I remember going into the kitchen and my dad was sitting at the kitchen table. He looked, took one look at me. He's like, what happened to you? Guys, I didn't even know what had happened. <laughs> that was the best way I could describe it. Because I feel light and fluffy on the inside. 
I was reunited with what I was cut out of. The breath that was breathed into my nostrils to animate me that I'd been missing and I never knew it was now filling my lungs again. I was literally a new creation. I didn't know that because I didn't know the scriptures yet, but that's what happened. I got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you another little ministry break. Anybody here who's not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is there anybody here that has that longing? Like, I know, I know you, Jesus. I'm serving you. I love you. I'm, I'm all in, but I have not had that surrender yet where that breakthrough, where you're just feeling the new creation. Anybody in here need that, want that? First timers, you can double dip, but you guys can come up after and have fun. But anybody never experienced that and you want to tonight for the first time? So yeah, to- oh, oh, one? Okay, come on. Stand up, stand up. Come on, man. Oh, you're sitting in the danger zone too. All you young people, are- go put your hands on them. If you have, if some of the people around him, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, which you better because you didn't raise your hand. <laughs> I just want you to go and pour out on him. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be, a mu- you know, much. If God did it when I was alone in my bedroom, he can do it right now in a few seconds. So, Lord, we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for pouring out on him right now in Jesus' name. Just release your fullness Return him to what he was cut from in Jesus' name. Okay, well, guys, my notes. I forgot I had them. Another? You, sir? Are you? Are you? Who, where? Oh, okay. Well, hey, they're already on it. You guys are on it. You don't need me. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit knows, guys. He's getting her too. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Come on. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is, guys. It is being filled again with that which we were cut from, what we've been missing and what we've been longing. In Ephesians 1.13, it says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession. There's a greater fullness to come. I'm not going to get into that a whole lot tonight, but come on. That means, guys, we haven't arrived yet. There's more to be hungry for. There's more to thirst for. There's more to press for. This, do you understand what that saying is? When, the Holy, when we receive the Holy Spirit, it is simply a down payment. It's a seal. It's a mark like, boop. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. You've put your money in. You put your money in. That's your down payment. So when the fullness comes, when Jesus returns and fully establishes his kingdom on earth, when we are fully, completely reunited with God here on earth, when we dwell physically in his presence, that is the fullness. And we're all guaranteed that. 
Oh. Acts 17, 28. I mean, there's, I have a long list. I'm just trying to like which ones I want to pick through now. Acts 17, 28. For in him we live, move, and have our being. Yes. Guys, we're just like fish and water. This is what we need. Remember, I'm just convincing you of what you already know. I want you to leave here just like hungry, like, oh, just this presence. Just remembering what I'm cut from. Just longing for more and more and more of his filling. But there's a little catch to this. Well, you didn't know that. I said this in the beginning, that we were created for union, not with, just with God, but with each other. Because we are in a very individualistic society and culture. But this is not something you can do on your own. I received the Holy Spirit in my bedroom, but the Lord started to speak to me about plugging in, getting connected, finding fellowship. He showed me where I went wrong the first time after the, that initial meeting when I encountered the Lord. He showed me all the things that I did not do and then what I needed to do. Getting into the word, getting plugged in, finding fellowship, all of these things he started to reveal to me. And as I was preparing for tonight, I was thinking, I just wanted to honestly focus on oh, let's just take a deep drink. Let's just get lost in him and like what we're cut from. Let's just, you know, everybody get on the floor and pfft, Holy Spirit come. But God just would not let me get away with something when I started to read those verses if he created them man and woman. That it's always connected. We can't just have the vertical relationship without the horizontal. In Matthew 22, and Jesus was questioned, what is the greatest commandment? We know what he said. I hope we know what he said. All you guys said, you're believers in here, right? You're all part of the family. If you don't know it, get into your word more, right? He said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your heart. They only asked for one. And he said, but the second is like it also to love your neighbor as you love yourself. For all of the law and the prophets are hung on this. We cannot do this alone. We can't be in union with God. We can't experience the fullness of the pleasure that we were created to experience in this union with the triune God who experiences it within himself and think that we can do that just on our own. And I'm not saying that you can't commune with God. I'm not saying that we can't have private times of soaking and connecting with God. Absolutely, of course. But what I'm saying is, if you truly have that in your life, fellowship and unity with others will be a natural overflow. We're almost done. John 15, 15. We know this verse. I'm going to do a little more things out of order. We're going to go backwards a little bit here. John 15, 15. Check this out. We know this. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. 
We hear that a lot, right? We hear that quoted. We know that one pretty good. Do you know the verse that comes right before it? Do you know what John 15, 14 is? You are my friends, what he just said we are, right? No longer servants, you're my friends. You're my friends if you do what I command you. Oh, wait a minute, what? Hold up. Right? So there's a qualifier. In order to be his friend, you have to do what he commands you. What did he command us to do? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to verse 13. Actually, sorry, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love, and man, he didn't just stop there. Greater love has no one than this, than someone laid down his life for his friends. Now I'm gonna keep going, put it all together. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I've heard from my father I have made known to you. We're created to be friends. We are created for friendship, for union, for pleasure, for communion. We are literally cut from him. But he's saying the key, if you want that friendship, if you want that unity, you have to follow his commandment to love one another. And it's not just a nice Christianese like, hey, brother, hey, sister, love you. I love you, man. But to lay down your life for one another. Radical preference for one another. What we have to realize is that this reconciliation of the creator isn't just for us. It's for all of creation. When we step into this, when we are filled with this Holy Spirit, when we're illuminated by the presence of God, when that breath is breathed back into us and we do it on a corporate level, it actually unlocks a chain reaction for all of creation. Romans 8, 19 through 23. I gotta go fast because it's almost time. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the... For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be set free from its bondages to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. That longing of what were we created from? What are we created for? That there's something missing. That by the Holy Spirit, it creates this groaning. When we look around at a world and we see a bunch of fish out of water, when we see the world turned upside down, when we see it, we realize this is not how it was created. This is not right. I'm going a little over. If you need to go get your kids, just bring them back. It won't be much longer, I promise. Ha, ha, ha. 
it should create a groaning inside of us as believers that can honestly only be expressed through travailing and the praying of the Holy Spirit inside of us. There are not words to articulate. When I come up here and I talk about fumbling, trying to articulate or, or box in or, or, or say what a, an amazing, infinite, eternal God is or what it looks like or feels like, I can't. I just have this inward groaning and longing for the fullness of the redemption. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Everyone that according to the riches of the, his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. It's corporate. What is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is what it, he's saying what I can't say. I can't articulate, I can't feel, I can't know, I can't understand the length, the depth, the widths, the heights, I can't. But something inside of me was created from it and longs for it and knows that that's what I was meant for. And together with all the saints, we're meant to be able to touch that, to step into his presence. And together, in unity, we can be filled with his fullness. I can't explain it, but I know when I feel it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I'm going to skip some stuff. Two more points I'm going to end here because I feel like this is important. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Again, I'm just saying the same stuff over and over and over again, different ways and throwing more scripture at you to say like, hey, this is true. By a new living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the matter of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. That we're not content to go after it alone. God, I want all of you. I want your fullness. I need that breath. I need that water. I need to be returned to that which I was cut from. But I realize I can't fully ex experience that to the fullness that you intend all on my own because you created a man and woman. You created us to be together. And I'm, again, I'm not just simply talking about marriage, it's, but it's the unity that we need to have horizontally as well as vertically. 
Everybody stand up. Sean, can you put that on for me there? Eddie, you can come up. My heart, guys, is that you would leave this place being reminded of the fullness. That you would leave hungrier and thirstier than you came in. But also, you would have new eyes for each other. That you would realize how interdependent we are on each other. If we want the fullness of God, that's some of the scriptures that I skipped over, but talking about being living stones built together for a temple of his glory. If we want revival, if we want the fullness, if we want to see the redemption of creation, it's going to take us together. I'm glad you seem so convinced. Well, I'm just going to force you. I want you to grab hands with somebody next to you. Link up as much as you can. If you got to shift through the aisles. Ben, you can grab Shy right there. Get, get Shy. <laughs> Ben's a good guy. I'm going to read this over you. And I just want you to receive it for yourself. And I want you to imagine as this flows into you, it's also flowing out of you to the person on your left and right. That it's going out to everybody else in this room. Because this is what we're meant for. I'm going to read the ironic benediction over us. And think about this. When God releases blessing, and when he taught man how to represent him, how to release that breath, that ruach that animated us in the first place, it was to be done corporately. He said, when the nation of Israel gathers together, bless them like this. When the people of God gather together, just close your eyes, lift your head to the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. Come on, some people are getting it. Don't hold it back. Just let it leak. More water. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace is the word shalom. And shalom is that state of homeostasis that we're all supposed to be in. It is actually complete fullness complete fulfillment it is actually shalom actually is us being plugged back into what we were cut out of so i just bless you tonight to go in the shalom of god and to release it on everybody you encounter amen thanks for listening to the sermon of the week For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.